Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You're listening to Sword in Hand Podcast, Bible-believing preaching emanating from Indian Gap Baptist Church deep in the heart of Texas. Definitely not politically correct, but glorifying Jesus Christ in every way. So let's join it in progress. Verse 11, let's read what the psalmist has to say. And forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt in the field of Zon. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the waters to stand as a heap. The psalmist is talking about when God led Israel out of Egypt, and he's leading them through Egypt. They committed a sin, and this is the great sin that they've committed. And he's reminding them they had forgot all these great things they had done for them. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the waters to stand as a heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. He clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. He's, so he's, the psalmist is describing all these great miracles God had did for Israel when he brought them out of Egypt. And there's some great miracles he's describing there. Look at verse 17. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel. Why? Because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. Go back up to verse 19. This is the scripture I want to focus on this morning. Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God? I'm here to tell you this morning, God can. God can. Yea, they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Well, can God? I'm here to tell you, God can. God can do these kind of things. Now, let's start off with just the the honest question is, can God? When you say, can God, think about what you're saying. Why are you putting limitations on God by saying, can God? You're putting limitations on God. When you say God, when you say God, you're talking about a being that's all-powerful, all-knowing. He's everywhere at every time, at every place, everywhere. He's God. He's all-powerful and all-knowing. So when you say, can God, that's stupid. When you're talking about God, it's not can God. It's always God can. God can do this stuff because he's God. We're not talking about me. We're not talking about you. We're not talking about somebody else. When you start talking about God, God can do anything he wants. They asked Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ was talking about how hard it is for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven. And they said, well, this is impossible. And Jesus Christ says, yeah, that it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Can God? God can. God can do it. 
There's no doubt God can do it. To say, can God, Christian, is to forget all He's done for you. Look back up at verse 11. And forget His works and His wonders that He had showed them. When you're a Christian and you question God and say, can God? You're forgetting everything God's done for you. Guys, can you not think back to all the prayers God has answered for you? The little ones and the big ones. When you say the word can God, you're forgetting all those things God's done for you. As a church at Indian Gap Baptist Church, we would be foolish to say can God. God can. God can. You say, can God give you a a well out there? You know, we we, we think about, you know, we had no water, we had no well, we needed $8,000. Where were we going to get $8,000? We had $2,000 in the bank. And I know some of y'all, I know me, I know my heart. We wondered, can God? We were there at that spot. Can God provide us some water? Amen. God can. God did. God will. God has. We should never say, can God? Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Yes, God can. You've done seen the miracles. See, they forgot His works and wonders that He had showed them. Israel Israel had sinned because they forgot He caused the, the Red Sea to part. They walked over on dry land. He's causing water to come out of a rock. He's bringing manna down from heaven. Then they say, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Will you fool? God can. And God will. Can God? Yes, God can. God can. God can, amen. God can. To say, can God, Christian, is to stop trusting His salvation. Look down at verse 22. Look down at verse 22. Because they believed not in God and trusted not in His salvation. For a Christian to say, can God, is for a Christian to stop trusting in God's salvation. Notice it says, because they believed not in God and trusted not in His salvation. For a Christian to say, can God, is for a Christian to admit he's not trusting in God's salvation. You've left your first love. You've left your first love. You forgot that God has saved you. God never promised you that you wouldn't go through a wilderness. God never promised you that you wouldn't be in a wilderness. That's not the promise God gave you. God never promised you you wouldn't go through a storm. Those are not promises from God. You might have thought that when you got saved. You might have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and thought, okay, from here on out, everything's going to be rosy. Everything's going to be peachy. Everything's going to be great. Well, you know what? It don't take long to find out that you were wrong. And it causes some people to start wondering about God. That's why it's so important to get into the words of God. Not listen to what the TV evangelists are saying. Things are not always going to be rosy. Evil, wicked men get cancer. And so do good Christian men get cancer. Wicked, evil men, they fall on bad times. Good Christians fall on bad times financially. God never promised you that you wouldn't go through a wilderness. But God did promise you he'd furnish a table in the wilderness. Can God? Yeah, yeah, God can. God can do it. Can God? Yes, God can. Our salvation... 
may be completely different than God's salvation. It says we need to trust, look at verse 22, and trust it not in His salvation. Trust it not in His salvation. See, our salvation might be different than God's salvation. Our salvation might be, our salvation is we're going to get a complete healing. And God's salvation might not be that salvation. God's salvation sometimes is, no, I'm going to keep you in the wilderness. I'm going to furnish you a table in the wilderness. I'm going to provide for you. But you're going to be in the wilderness. See, sometimes our salvation goes against God's salvation. But we need to not trust in our salvation. We need not to trust in our mind. We need to trust in His salvation. You see what the verse is saying? Trust not in His salvation. His salvation is always different than our salvation, isn't it? We might not understand His salvation, but His salvation is always the right salvation. Amen. Amen. We need to continue to trust in His salvation. Look at verse 22. Can God, can God? Look at verse 22. God can, God can. Because they believed not in God. To say can God... A Christian is stops putting his trust and faith in God. When you say as a Christian, can God? What you're doing is you're not believing in God anymore. You're taking your faith away from God. And that's what made God mad with Israel. It says that they spake, verse 19, yeah, they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? And then it says, verse 21, therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob and anger also came up against Israel. God was mad at them. Because they were questioning, saying, can God do this? And it says, why was he mad at them? Verse 22, because they believed not in God. When you start saying, can God, you're taking your faith away from God and putting it onto something else. Guys, it's not can God, it's always God can. God can. Look at Matthew 14. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? God can. God sure can. God can do that. Matthew 14. Here's the problem. Matthew chapter 14, look at verse 24. When you start saying, can God, can God help me out of this? Can God do this? And can God do that? You're just being a fool. And you're taking your faith away from God. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. The disciples are in the ship, and they're gone over by themselves. And when they're on the ship and they're gone over by themselves and the waves are coming and the storm is coming, verse 25, and the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. So they're in the boat and the storm has come up and the waves are coming up and here comes Jesus and He's walking on the water and He's walking by them. There's another place in Scripture that says that Jesus Christ made as if He was going to keep on walking by them. He was going to keep on walking. And leave them out there in the boat. Leave them in the storm. Leave them in the wilderness. That's what he was going to do. They were going to be okay, amen. They might have thought they were going to drown. They might have thought they were going to go down. But Jesus Christ knew they were going to be okay. They just appeared to them that they weren't going to be okay. <laughs> he was going to walk on by. He was, why? Because he was going to meet them on the other side. He would already done told them he was going to meet them on the other side. Go back up to verse 22 and straightway, straight, go up to verse 22 and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. And go, go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. He said, now, now I'm sending these people away. Get in the ship. Go on to the other side. I'll meet you over there. 
they get in the middle of the sea and what happens? The waves start roaring. Everything starts happening. They don't think they're going to make it to the other side. That's what's happening in their minds. But Jesus, knowing all things, can God? You're talking about God. Can God? God can. God can. He keeps walking. Because he knows they're going to get on the... He'd already told them, I'll meet you on the other side. So no matter how big the waves get, no, no matter how dry the wilderness is, guys, you're going to get through to the other side. You're going to get through. <laughs> Man, you're dry this morning. You're going to get through to the other side. You might not believe it. I don't care if you believe it. I believe it. God believes it. Jesus Christ says it is going to happen. You're going to get on the other side. Jesus Christ slowed down. He comes out there, verse 25, In the fourth watch on the night Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Not, now, it's not only bad enough that the waves are high and the storm has come up, and you know they, there's no way they're not scared. Then they see a ghost walking around. <laughs> I mean, it's turning into a horror movie for them. Jesus says, verse 27, But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Amen. Guys, there's some of y'all that are in a storm this morning. There's some of y'all that are way down deep in the wilderness this morning. And maybe before you got to church this morning, you had in your mind, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can God? I'm here to tell you, if you'll listen to the inner spirit, Jesus Christ is speaking to you this morning and saying, be not afraid. God can. Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. You're going to get through. His salvation might not be your salvation. You might, have, you might think, I'm ready to get completely healed. I'm ready to completely get out of this mess. I'm ready to completely get out. Of and God says, I'm not ready for you to. But I will furnish you a table in the wilderness. Remember that. So he says, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Man, that's an amazing thing that Peter has enough guts to say, You know what, I'll step out this boat and the waves are roaring and I'll step off this boat and I will literally walk out to you. I know I can if it's you, Lord. See, Peter heard the voice. If you're in here this morning and you're hearing the voice of Jesus Christ speak to your heart, why don't you just take a step of faith and believe He's going to get you through it and stop doubting and stop saying, Can God? Can God? Can God? Why don't you start saying, God can. God can. God can. I've seen Him do it before. You're forgetting it. You're forgetting what God's done for you before. And he said, Jesus answered Peter and said, Come, come on. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. People always talk about Jesus walking on water, Jesus walked on water, Jesus. Yes, he did walk on water, but so did Peter. And I hear people say, well, I'm not so holier than thou. I've never seen him walk on water. Well, Peter wasn't holier than thou. He walked on water. We forget that. We forget about old Peter walking on water. He was just an old sinner. And later on, he's going to be cussing up a storm. He's going to deny the Lord. 
But right here, right now, when he's listening to the voice of Jesus Christ, this sinner, this wicked sinner, the one that fell down in the boat and said, Lord, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. That guy. That guy right there. You know what he's about to do? He's about to do the impossible and he's about to step out and start walking on water. Can God? God can. God can. And with the help of Jesus Christ, you can. Peter did. Peter did. But see what the problem is. There's guys left out in the boat. And they're the ones that are criticizing. They're the ones that are critical. I can't believe he's going to step out there. I can't believe he's going to step out there on the water. I can't. See, they're going to be critical. And they're going to be criticizing Peter. And they're going to be making fun of Peter. And they're going to say Peter's crazy. But see, Peter's the only one that went out on the water. While everybody else stood in the boat. Peter's crazy. Peter's a nutcase. Yeah, Peter's crazy for Jesus Christ. Peter's crazy, just crazy enough to say, Lord, if that's you, call me out there. See, Peter has enough faith to believe. Remember what what God was mad at him about? Remember what God was mad at him about in Psalm 78? They questioned him and they stopped believing him. You want to know why the Lord's not happy with you? You stop believing in him. You're questioning him. You're doubting him. And you're trusting in your own salvation. You need to start putting your faith back on Jesus Christ. You need to start believing in Jesus Christ. You need to stop trusting in your own salvation. In other words, I think I can fix this. I'm going to fix it this way. I'm going to fix it that way. Why don't you just step back and let God fix it? And stop saying, can God solve my problems? Can God get me out of this mess? Can God heal this up? Yeah, God can. But you got to get your hands out of the mess. Let Him furnish the table. And stop you trying to set the table. You know, that's how we are. I don't know if God can do this. And we get over there and we try to set the table. And then we step back and say, look at this thing. It's a mess. There's no food on there. It's a mess. It's a disaster. We wonder why. Why is things a disaster in my life? Because you're the one that's furnishing the table. Why don't you step back and say, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to let God do this. Can God? God can. God can. But when he saw, verse 30, when he saw the wind boisterous, uh uh-oh, he was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. What happened, Peter? Peter did what a lot of us have done, and maybe some of y'all are still doing. Peter took his eyes off of Jesus Christ. Peter got to looking at his problems. He got to looking at the ways. He got to thinking about things. He started thinking, this ain't supposed to work. I'm not supposed to be able to step out on water and walk. He started losing his faith and he took his eyes off of Jesus. And when he took his eyes off Jesus, he started becoming afraid. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. See, he saw the wind. He stopped seeing Jesus and he saw the wind. Guys, sometimes we need to stop focusing on all our problems and start looking back to Jesus Christ. Anybody, anybody, I don't care if you're living in a mansion, can sit back 
and look at their life and see lots of problems. You know how, you know how wicked we are as sinners. If there's not a problem there, we will create a problem. <laughs> and what we need to do as Christians, we need to wake up and say, you know what? I'm going to stop looking at this. I'm going to stop looking at that. I'm going to stop worrying about this. I'm going to stop worrying about that. And I'm going to put my eyes on Jesus Christ. Because when I have my eyes on Jesus Christ, I can walk on the water. Amen. Guys, y'all know. Y'all were here. I know I brought this up early. A lot of y'all were here when we had the well go out. We had to say, you know what? We need a well right there. and We need $8,000 and we have $2,000 in the bank. We're in trouble. What are we going to do? We got to pray. And we had money coming in from all different directions. And some people ask me, well, how did it happen? How did, I can't explain how it happened. I can't tell you where all the money came from. All I can tell you is that we walked on water at the end. God Amen. God gave it. Can God? God, God can. Do I, can I explain it? Nope. Am I going to explain it? No. But I can tell you when you ask me, can God? God can. God can. I've seen it. I've seen it. You know, we had brother uh, Chad Reese come through here. God bless that brother. He's this morning preaching somewhere. He came through and he's looking at the missionary wall and he said, you know, you're supporting 14 missionaries, brother. And I look at the people, I look at the people in your church, you don't even have 14 people in the church. <laughs> and he starts, he's, he's getting this in his mind. He's like, he goes, how's that working? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I told him, I said, put on the brakes, brother. I don't ask. I don't put pen to paper. Because if I ever was to take a pen and put it to paper and said, okay, now where's this money coming from and where are we going and how is this? If I ever did that, I might, not find, I might find out it's not supposed to work. So what are you doing, brother? I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to just believe. I'm trusting God. I can't explain it. Can God? Yeah, God can. God can. But when you take your eyes off Jesus, that's when all the troubles start. Guys, I, I can't put myself in your shoes. I don't know your problems. I've got problems, and I'm not going to tell you all my problems. We all have problems. I know some of your problems. I can't put myself in your shoes. I can't tell you how awful it must be. And I'm not going to tell you how awful my life can be. But I'm telling you, in my life, when I take my eyes off of Jesus and start thinking about my problems, my life is miserable. As good as it looks sometimes, I can be miserable. And I've noticed in my Christian walk, when I just keep my eyes on Jesus, man, all those problems don't seem as bad. The wind don't seem as boisterous. I don't feel as afraid because I got my eyes on Jesus. Can God? God can. God can. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, Lord, Lord, save me. You need to cry out to Jesus. You need to cry out to Jesus. The quickest, simplest thing. Lord, save me. You might have come in here this morning, you might be broken hearted, you might be down and out, you might just be, you say, Keegan, I know I'm saved, I know I'm going to heaven, but man, I'm just kind of down in the mouth, I'm just kind of, I just, I just don't feel, I don't. you need to cry out to Jesus. You need to put your eyes back on Jesus, and you say, Lord, 
Just, Lord, give me some joy. Return to me the joy of thy salvation. We're losing it. We're losing it. We're getting too comfortable. Some of us have been walking on the water and we realize, we're, we're forgetting that God's in control of all this. God's in control of all this. He's running this and we've forgotten it. Amen. And we're getting too complacent. And we're forgetting that God can shut that down. God could shut this down. God could shut that down. God could shut this thing down in a heartbeat. Amen. And we're taking God for granted. We're in the wilderness. And God's providing us some water out of a rock. God's giving us some manna on the ground. And we're starting to complain. And we're starting to lose our faith. And some of us are starting to say, Can God? Really? Can God? God can. God can. And boy, as the weeks have gone by, I look at this church and I think, Man, we're just losing it. There's something, there's something, there's something, there's something. The Spirit's starting to dry up. And that's my worst fear. Man, y'all got to lift me up. Y'all got to pray for me. You got to pray for me. I've got to pray for you. Guys, you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. This isn't going to work. If we don't keep our eyes on Jesus, we're going to sink. And I feel a sinking. And I believe we need to cry out to Jesus. I believe we need to keep our eyes back on Jesus. You know, I've been announcing, we're going to go down to the courthouse, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and I can feel the resistance. We're going to have a meeting, we're going to have some food, we're going to have a fellowship. I can just feel like, wow, oh, you know, it, I can feel it. And I wonder, man, what's wrong? I can feel some of that in me. I forget, man, we're, we're in a great church with great people. Jesus Christ is moving. The Lord is, we're, we're taking advantage of what the Lord's doing. We don't appreciate what the Lord has done in this church. We don't appreciate the Lord is moving. And I feel like the Lord has kind of backed off and said what he did to Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2. You've left your first love. You've left your first love. You've forgotten about me. Verse 31, and immediately, immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they were in the ship, came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. It took Jesus Christ coming to them and rebuking them. You're losing your faith. But notice when Jesus came, it said the winds died down. You know what? You, got, you need to fall back in love with Jesus Christ. Because when you fall back in love with Jesus Christ, I don't care where you're at in your life, you're happy. But it doesn't matter where you're at in your life, you can be in the best place in the world and you don't have Jesus Christ, you're not in love with Jesus Christ, you're going to be miserable. You're going to be miserable. Look at Luke chapter 4 in closing. Don't lose your first love. Don't... Forget that God can. So many of us are, can God? God can. And we're taking advantage of God. We took advantage of God's love. We're taking advantage of God's grace. We're taking advantage of all the great things that God has done for us. Look at Luke chapter 4, look at verse 16. 
talking about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for the read. It was Jesus' custom to go to church. Verse 17, there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. That's our book, Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, and he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Somewhere, somewhere out there, there was a little boy, maybe just last night, laying in his bed. And on the other side of his door, he could hear his mom and dad screaming at each other. And that little boy, with tears in his eyes, wondered to God, can God heal my family? God can. God can. Somewhere out there, there's a man or a woman whose spouse has left them. Spouse just ran out on them. Spouse ruined them. And that man or woman is sitting there, broken in spirit, Tears rolling down their eyes. Can God heal my broken spirit? Can God heal my broken heart? God can. God can. Amen. God can. To preach deliverance to the captives. Somewhere out there is a man that has a beer in his hand. An alcoholic. And he wonders, can God? Deliver me from this captivity of alcoholism. God can. God can. Somewhere out there is a a druggie that's been using drugs. And maybe they pull that needle from their arm and with bitter tears wonder to God, can God deliver me? I'm a captive. Can God deliver me? God can. God can. And recovering of Sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised. Somewhere out there, and maybe underneath the sound of my voice, there's an old wicked sinner. He's did some things that he hopes the world will never find out about. And he knows that God knows about it. And he knows he's a sinner. And he wonders, can God, can God save an old wicked sinner like me? Friend, God can. God can. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? I'm here to tell you, I've seen it. I've lived it. God can furnish a table in your wilderness. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.